the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, July the 14th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On July 14th, 2004, the Senate scuttled a constitutional amendment banning gay marriage. 48 senators voted to advance the measure, 12 short of the 60 that was needed, 50 voted to block it. Today in 1789, in an event symbolizing the start of the French Revolution, citizens of Paris stormed the Bastille prison. They released the seven prisoners inside. Today in 1798, Congress, our Congress, passed a Sedition Act, making it a federal crime to publish false, scandalous, or malicious writing about the United States government. 1798. Today in 1881, outlaw William H. Bonney Jr. We know him as Billy the Kid. He was shot and killed by Sheriff Pat Garrett at Fort Sumter in present-day New Mexico. Today in 1933, all German political parties except the Nazi Party were outlawed. Today in 1980, the Republican National Convention opened in Detroit where nominee Ronald Reagan told a welcoming rally that he and all of his supporters were determined to make America great again. That's a quote. Make America great again. Today we look at our culture and we wonder sometimes, not hopefully not, and I think not in a self-righteous frame of mind, but simply looking at the realities of our culture. And we ask ourselves sometimes, am I the only one that's trying to serve the Lord? I mean, is everybody going the other way in our culture and so on? As I said, not from a self-righteous point of view, not thinking we're better than anyone else, but we're sincerely trying to serve the Lord. We believe in traditional values. We believe in biblical values, Judeo-Christian values. And sometimes we might ask ourselves, am I the only one? Are there others that feel this strongly about, it seems like everybody's going south and left sometimes. You hear the news, you read the newspaper, if you do so anymore, very few do anymore, and you wonder. Psalm 12 kind of speaks to those kinds of times. In fact, Psalm 12 has been said to be good thoughts for bad times. I'm not sure who said that, but it's true. It's good thoughts. It's more than good thoughts. It's the inspired, infallible word of the Lord. I want to share a few verses from you. It's a short chapter, as you probably know. It's eight verses. But Psalm 12, help, Lord, for the godly man ceases. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. There are are no more of us who are trying to serve you. Verse 2, they speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. 
The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who has said, With our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sign of the needy, now will I rise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side, while the vilest men are exalted. Those are the times in which we live. The wicked man, the vilest of them, are often exalted in our culture today. They're celebrated as celebrities. The kinds of behavior that Romans chapter 1 speaks of, sexual behavior, is commonplace. In fact, it's celebrated today. And sometimes we ask ourselves, am I the only one? The resounding answer from Scripture is, no, you're not. There are millions of people who share your beliefs and share your truth. They're walking with the Lord. I think what we need to do, and I've said this a million times in my life, I suppose, but we've got to stay focused and we've got to be looking at what's going on around us in our world through the lens of God's Word. Because that puts it all in perspective. Otherwise, it is not in perspective. It's a whole bunch of disconnected things that are going on, and and all of them are crazy, insane in many respects. Truly, they are. And we look at that, and if we're not looking at it through the context of God's Word and God's plan and God's purposes, and through the, the, the knowledge that God is in control, we live in constant confusion and half Half the country is living in confusion now on almost every issue that faces America today. We're deeply divided, and it's about 50-50, generally. So Psalm 12 is the word of the Lord for us today. I mentioned yesterday when just came on the air, it was just in the news, just prior to my coming on, we originated live at 9 a.m. every morning, as many of you know, and some of you are listening a little later in the, the same day today. But just as I came on the air yesterday, I there was a, a, a release, a news release, and I mentioned it to you that the uh, Secret Service had decided that the agency was closing its investigation into who left a bag of cocaine in the White House. And many people have rightly said, can you imagine what would have happened if Donald Trump were president? and a bag of cocaine would have been found in the White House. I mean, heaven and earth would have been moved. Stormtroopers would have showed up. Trucks would have come in. People would have been coming out of the trucks, crouched in attack position, and on and on and on. And I'm I'm not overstating that. If they do that at people's homes, including Trump's home, they'd certainly do it at the White House. But it was kind of a ho-hum deal, and they looked at it, and they said, well, according to three anonymous Secret Service agents we learned yesterday afternoon after I was off the air, we learned they spoke to NBC, three anonymous, <laughs> anonymous, yeah, anonymous, Secret Service agents spoke to the NBC News. They said the bag of cocaine was tested a couple of times um, at federal labs, and they tried to fingerprint it, but there was no fingerprints on it. 
DNA evidence on the bag was claimed to be insufficient to allow for comparisons with DNA in the federal database. These three agents also told NBC, apparently, that none of the surveillance footage in the area in which the cocaine was found produced investigative leads. The anonymous agents concluded that the investigation will not be able to single out any persons, of course, of interest in the several hundred who came passed through the vestibule where the cocaine was discovered. According to the Secret Service investigation, it is closed due to lack of physical evidence. However, there's more to the story. Secret Service's official announcement did not disclose all of the story. I think it, I mean, who knows why not, but it would seem it was to protect the president. Representative Lauren Bobart, she's a Republican from Colorado, she was telling the news yesterday, she told Fox News and a couple of other news services, that the Secret Service admitted to her that the key to the locker in which the cocaine was discovered is missing. There's a whole, a whole bunch of other stuff that they're not telling the public. They mentioned it to her in private. Well, more than 500 people passed through the West Wing during the weekend in which the cocaine was discovered, Bobert claimed that the only examination the Secret Service did, according to their own words, of any of these visitors was a background check for past drug use or convictions. That doesn't sound like much of an investigation to me. The Secret Service's decision, and I know there's some wonderful Secret Service people serving in the Secret Service. I have known some in the past and known of them in a close family connection. But this doesn't sound like an all-out effort to find out who dropped the cocaine or lost their cocaine or whatever. The Secret Service's decision to close this thing is now being criticized for yet another example of the administration dismissing any concerns and failing to take serious steps to address any allegations if the allegations threaten to reflect poorly on President Joe Biden and his family. That's very, very disappointing. We're learning this morning the Secret Service has also discovered during the Biden administration marijuana at least twice in President Joe Biden's White House. The agency revealed upon failing to identify the individual who smuggled the cocaine into the most secure building in the world. Secret Service found the federally banned flower pot in the White House in July of last year and in September as well. The possession of less than two ounces of marijuana is not a crime in the nation's capital, but the flower, as they call it, is federally banned and it's prohibited on federal property. Secret Service said in both cases, marijuana found was under two ounces, so it was a weight that would cost about $700 if you bought it on the street, but they said there were no actual laws broken, so they didn't investigate any further. Bobart said publicly yesterday, she's pretty upset about this, Others should be, but they're not. She said, what kind of people is Joe Biden bringing into the White House? She said, we did not have this under Donald Trump. And went on to say, can you only imagine what they would be doing 
if Donald Trump were president. Yes, we can imagine. We know. Oregon had a big day yesterday in the news. Oregon Governor Tina Kotek, she signed two new House bills relating to abortion rights and ghost guns. The liberals celebrated, I'm sure. House Bill 2002 protects the rights of all Oregonians, the news was saying yesterday. Older than 15 to access reproductive health care. What they're saying is, do 15-year-olds have rights to abortion? It isn't reproductive health care, it's abortion. They resist, they, they absolutely will not call it abortion, but it is reproductive health care. They change the words and they feel better about themselves as they go out and kill babies. So anyway, this bill passed. Remember when the guys were walking out, the, the elected officials, the Republicans were walking out in Salem. It was in the national news. They were walking out of, of the Capitol in Salem so they wouldn't there wouldn't be a quorum so the the leftists couldn't pass these bills. They finally got some consideration on the bills, as I understand it. I've been trying to follow that. But um, they didn't get much because they're not in the majority. And that, that's why elections matter. And uh, who we elect matters very much. So anyway, they would leave and be absent so these people couldn't pass these kind of bills. Anyway, they eventually came back after a number of weeks. And they got a little bit of, of consideration on one of these bills, but not much. And it went ahead and passed. Well, the governor, uh, Tina Kotek, uh, signed the bill yesterday and made big news. And um, But this HB 2002 uh, protects the rights of, of all Oregonians under 15 to access reproductive health care. What they're saying is kids that are under 15 have a right in America to get an abortion. And it allows minors younger than 15 to access care without parental uh, parental permission in certain cases. The certain cases part was something the Republicans got on this bill, as I understand it. Additionally, health care providers and public officials are protected from out-of-state uh, investigations, prosecution, or civil liability related to providing reproductive health care. Again, that's abortion. It's killing unwanted, unborn children. HB 2002 in Oregon also adds insurance coverage requirements for gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming care is mutilation of little kids' bodies because they're confused because public education has tried to and has successfully indoctrinated them, and they get confused. Little boys think they might be a girl locked in a boy's body and vice versa. That's what this is about. If, if people could see the truth, the unvarnished truth of what these people are really doing, not just in Oregon, but Washington, all, California, all of these liberal states, far left, if people could really see the effect of this and look at it in common terms, not these words that they make up so they can shade and veil what they're really doing, I think, I think we would see a different America. The truth will set you free. And I know the verse is referring to Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus Christ himself does indeed set us free from our sins. He died and rose from the dead for our sins. And we accept him as a stand-in 
because otherwise we are sentenced to eternal death because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Jesus Christ is life and life more abundantly. And he is, he is freedom. He sets us free. But the truth, he is the truth. But the truth in our everyday life also frees us up. When we fully understand, regardless of what it is, if we understand what it is, it makes a difference. So these people now are gender-affirming care and reproductive health care and all that nonsense. That's baloney. They're just trying to shade it from the uninformed people so the uninformed people don't quite know what's going on and what they're doing. Doesn't gender-affirming care sound pretty good? I mean, maybe that's helping little boys to be grow up to be real men. Oh, no. No, not at all. That's not what we're talking about. I think most of you who are listening to this program know that. Also, there was a 2005 Two, yeah, HB 2005 bill in Oregon that was signed into law by Tina Kotek, who's an activist lesbian, by the way, just so you'll know, the tr- speaking of the truth, this uh, was about ghost guns, unmarked ghost guns, untraceable and unmarked ghost guns. And it includes possessing, selling, making the weapons and some components. The bill punishes the manufacturing, importing, offering for sale or transferring transferring undetectable firearms by a maximum of 10 years imprisonment, $250,000 fine, or both. It worries me. I'm not a big fan of untraceable and unmarked ghost guns, but... It really concerns me anytime they take any steps to begin to confiscate or eliminate guns because these people have no restraint and they never stop. Once they get their foot in the door, they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Whether it's guns, whether it's abortion, whether it's gay marriage, whether it's whatever, they never stop. That's what bothers me about that bill. And that's not just in Oregon. I mean, that's happening around the country, but it happened in Oregon yesterday. Republican Senator Pete Ricketts of Nebraska is calling out Joe, President Joe Biden and asking him and his federal agencies to show inclusivity. <laughs> he said, you're always talking about inclusivity. He's asking him to be inclusive toward pro-America, pro-life Americans by flying the pro-life flags during the month of October. That is Respect Life Month, October. A lot of people don't know that, that it is, because not as not much is made of it except by a few conservatives. But there is a flag. It's been created. It's a very, um, I think it's a very appropriate flag. And I wrote an article about this today. It's on our website, and we write one every day, nearly every day. And uh, it has a picture of that flag on it. You can check it out if you want to at faithandfreedom.us. But anyway, in the article, I want to share a part of that with you today. It's, it's Biden, Biden it, it says he's the apostle of inclusion and a disciple of inclusivity, but he's neither. He's, just, he's, he's, he's as much that as he is a true practicing Catholic. Uh, no, he's not. 
according to the Catholic Church, and I would say according to his political maneuvering, he isn't he isn't an apostle of inclusion or a disciple of <coughs> inclusivity. This Nebraska senator sent 20 letters to the Biden administration agencies with this request. He first obtained uh, this, uh, he got a hold of what Biden was up to. He said the White House and the agencies are very unlikely to fly flags honoring the unborn. And Biden had told someone he he wasn't interested in that. So anyway, um, Ricketts is, uh, Pete Ricketts is pushing forward on that. He was uh, a a Republican. He's a Republican from, um, from Nebraska. He was also governor there in the past. So anyway, the White House, the agencies, he says, are very unlikely to fly the flags honoring the unborn. But since Biden heeds the most pro-abortion, heads the most pro-abortion administration in the United States history, he said the move highlights the one-sidedness of the administration's much-criticized decision to fly the pride flag on federal buildings, including the White House, and all through the month of June. And they're still kind of carrying that over into July. Um, he said many Americans felt the White House's pride celebration earlier this month and the f- flying of the pride flag at the White House was a statement that you and your administration, he's saying this in his letter, you and your administration only celebrate some Americans. He said to the president, I don't know if Biden sees this letter, but somebody does. He said, I sincerely hope this is not the case. By also honoring Respect Life Month later this year, and that would be October, and flying the pro-life flag, you would send a powerful statement that our country celebrates Americans of all beliefs and is committed to protecting innocent and vulnerable life. It would indeed send a powerful message, but President Biden will not likely send that message because that's not his message. I don't want to be negative about it. I hope he does. I pray that he does. That would be a good thing for the country. Half of America don't like this affirming care and women's health care and all of this, which means abortion. We're not we're not into that. We believe that life is sanctified by God. It's cre- he's, life is created, was created, and is created by God himself through natural processes of men and women coming together and getting married, a man, a male, and a female. We believe this. It would be a powerful message for any president, particularly this one. But I think this one is so wayward morally and in his politics. I don't think he could do it if he had, if there was a thread of, of maybe wanting to in his heart. I can't judge his heart. God knows his heart. But it would send a powerful message. The pro-life flag project was designed as a unifying banner for the pro-life movement to draw attention to the innocence and the vulnerability of an unborn child in the womb. Ricketts Ricketts pointed out all of this in his letter to the White House, to the President. The flag features two footprints to show the unborn baby's humanity. It has hands above and below the footprints to symbolize the mother's love and protection for the baby. It's a very appropriate flag. It's not an in-your-face kind of thing. It's natural. It's normal. It's real. Because it reflects God's view of unborn children. As I said, he formerly served as governor in Nebraska, and he reminded Biden in this letter, he said, when I was governor of Nebraska, he said, the pro-life 
flag flew in Nebraska. He said flying the pro-life flag at the White House during Respect Life Month would show the federal government stands alongside its citizens in upholding the unalienable truth that all people, including the unborn, have a right to life. He said, I pray you receive wisdom and guidance as you lead our great nation. That's an appropriate statement. Kind of hard to make today, but it's biblical. We're to pray for him. We're to pray for Biden. In a statement, Ricketts said that many Americans took Biden's decision to fly the pride flag at the White, flag at the White House and as a sign that the administration only celebrates a certain class of Americans. They do. There's no room for people like us in the White House that now exists in this administration. I think you know that. I think we all know that. That's why I shared Psalm 12 with you today. We needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. All of us do. Representative Mark Green, he's a combat veteran from in Afghanistan and Iraq. He represents the 7th Congressional District of Tennessee now. He's chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. He serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He wrote a commentary. I don't have time to go through it all, but you can read it. I, I put some of it in the article I wrote and linked to all of it. But he said, on June 24th marks the first anniversary of the Supreme Court's decision to strike down Roe v. Wade, while the court's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women Health Organization was a monumental victory for life. It is not the end of the fight. He said, in many ways, it is just the beginning. That's true. We have begun what is a good fight for life. Anytime you stand for life, you're standing with God. When you stand against life, and abortionists do, you're standing against Almighty God who created all things. Almighty God who is in control of all things. Democrats have gone from advocating for abortions that are safe, legal, and rare to abortion on demand without apology. Not only are the, are more Democrats for abortion, but Democrat congressional leaders are backing more extreme policies, including the abortion of full-term babies. This is happening in our country. We're one of just seven countries in the world that allow elective abortions after 20 weeks, two of which are China and North Korea. Is that whom we want to be associated with? I don't think so. To date, 25 states have honored the will of their residents and passed laws to protect the lives of unborn babies. That's half of the states in America. Our president is out of step with half the people in America today. That's why there's so much confusion. That's why we're seeing what we see. Scripture tells us that before we were formed in our mother's womb, we have a God-ordained purpose. It's our moral responsibility to protect the most vulnerable among us. And that's why this legislation is so very, very important. If it goes toward death, we must stand against it. If legislation goes toward the sanctity of life, we must support it. It's simple, but it's time to take a stand. And I know many of you are prayerfully, and I want to thank all of you who support this ministry so our voice can be out there and be heard by whomever. Thank you. 
for supporting us. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.